online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. Welcome to Flavor Talks with Bella Zoo. I'm Robert Kirbishley. Bella Zoo's new podcast, Flavor Talks, is all about extraordinary and uncompromised flavor. We'll be chatting to our long-standing suppliers, creative chef customers, inspiring influencers, and some of the UK's leading food experts to share adventures and stories behind our favorite ingredients, giving you an insight into our world of food. If you've ever wondered what's involved in the world of making balsamic vinegar, we bring together Marina Spaggiari, our balsamic producer, and Angela Clutton, chef and author of The Vinegar Cupboard, for a chat about all things acetic and tasty. We are very lucky we're going to be talking about vinegar and uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Marina Spaggiari and Angela Clutton and I'm, I'm going to rather cruelly let them do their own introductions so um, Angela would you like to introduce yourself first to everybody? Yeah I'm Angela, I feel I'm on a game show now, I'm Angela, I'm a food writer and a cook and I wrote um, a cookbook a couple of years ago called The Vinegar Cupboard which set out to really explore and demystify the world of vinegars and really sort of try to excite home cooks about why they should be really embracing vinegars in their cooking. And I should probably say um, I owe Bella's you quite a big thanks actually because of all their support in doing that. So thanks guys. You're very welcome and welcome to the podcast and Marina would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Marina Spajari. I am a producer of balsamic vinegar of Modena and uh, I like it very much. <laughs> And, um, well, uh, I will um, try to, to answer to your uh, question about uh, balsamic vinegar, because I know that it is uh, a, a world uh, quite, quite confused for everyone, because uh, we did our best to do a confusion, as uh, there are some <laughs> different... Uh, <laughs> you know, Angela. <laughs> no, I know, Angela. <laughs> There are some so, Bob, I don't know if you stuff. know, I, um, Bella Zoo very kindly arranged for me to go and spend some time with Marina when I was researching for the vinegar cupboard. And I yes. got there. Sort of, <laughs> and it, and, and it, was, it was the most brilliant thing because I got there thinking, I kind of know about balsamic vinegar because I was you know, all set to write this book. And I got there and Marina um, and Alessandro, who she works with, were extraordinary in really doing the demystifying job because it is, well, we're going to get into it, but it is really confusing, but I think it needn't be confusing. And Marina is so good at just sort of getting to the essentials of it. <laughs> it's one of my favourite trips, if not my favourite trip. I, I, it's it's an ex, it just extraordinarily lucky to be able to go and visit these places. What would be, be really lovely, because, and I think, you've already you've you've just touched upon it there it's a it is it's people find it very complicated they don't know a lot about it part of the the the, the job the, the of this podcast i think is to explore the food world and and just demystify it and open it up to a wider wider audience so could you just give us a, a an insight into what a year involves for somebody who who produces their own balsamic vinegar? First of all, uh, usually I I say always that there are two different kind of product that have more or less the same uh, name and uh, are different products. So this is why there is confusion. So the the people knows about balsamic vinegar 
and uh, they think about uh, the long time maturation that needs to become a very good product. And this one is the traditional balsamic vinegar. While there is another one, which is uh, the PGI product, uh, balsamic vinegar of Modena. So the name is nearly the same, but it is made in a different way. So first of all, uh, it, uh, it needs uh, to understand that there are two different kinds of products. The, the, the most ancient one is the traditional balsamic vinegar. This is really, really very old. Uh, we have evidence in documents uh, dated uh, 1046, uh, for, in, for, uh, for instance. And uh, it was, uh, um, there are evidence in which uh, there were uh, uh, the Duke of Modena that uh, gave this uh, uh, gift uh, to, to kings uh, around Europe. And uh, uh, it was uh, a balsamic uh, vinegar. So it is really very ancient. Uh, and it is the, the one that we still made in a traditional way, which is quite long because it takes at least 12 years to have the first step of maturation and at least 25 years to have the second step of maturation, which is the very old one. But this is only in the traditional balsamic vinegar. So this one is made in a very simple way. There is just one raw material, which is the grapes. So in the uh, harvest time, we 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 take the we we, we take the, the grapes and we smash them. We cook them and then we leave it for all the winter time just to have a natural cleaning of the product. Once a time in our acetaya, acetaya is the, the house of balsamic vinegar. Is the cellar vinegar cellar where we, where we keep our barrels. So uh, we do just once a year uh, one uh, operation, which is uh, to take out from the barrel what is ready and uh, refill the barrel with the, the product that we have cooked uh, during uh, September, October, when uh, we smash and cook the products. So this is the only thing that we do for traditional balsamic vinegar. All the rest is done by the time. So we must do this for 12 years to have the first step of mature the product and 25 years, real years, for the second step. So this is why this one is a product just for a niche market. It is really very expensive. Uh, there is a consortium that uh, check uh, and uh, a body control that check uh, that all our all us product producer uh, do uh, in um, following the rules uh, that we must follow. And uh, uh, afterwards, uh, uh, we have uh, a very very few quantity of product that we can uh, commercialize. Marina, Marina, Marina you're as fascinating as ever. You're, as ever, really getting to the heart Thank you. of it all. So Thank you. I, I am engrossed and I, and I know it, so please carry on. Yes, okay. Then this is uh, uh, what uh, people know about balsamic vinegar. Usually uh, they 
um, put a question. Oh, how old is uh, this balsamic vinegar? Okay, if we are talking about a traditional balsamic vinegar, it must have at least 12 years or better, 25 years. But if we are talking about a, a, a balsamic vinegar a PGI product, is uh, the most common anyway, the one uh, that you can find uh, uh, everywhere, is uh, anyway a very good product, but it is not really correct to talk about uh, year of aging for the PGI product because uh, the, the, ma- the maximum uh, aging in, in this uh, uh, product is uh, three years. So really very different from the traditional one. So it means that uh, to have uh, a very good uh, PGI product, uh, we must uh, talk about very good raw material and uh, a right way to put them together, to mix them together. Balsamic vinegar is produced by a mixer between two different raw material. And this uh, is the, 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 the way to have, we have uh, a, a product in less time respect the balsamic vinegar traditional. So um, it, it means that uh, uh, if we uh, do a good job at first, uh, choosing uh, uh, the right uh, must, the right wine vinegar, high quality and uh, to wait as long as possible to inside barrels before bottling the balsamic vinegar of Modena PGI, we have a very good product, final product. So basically for traditional uh, traditional balsamic vinegar, you've got the, the Lambrusco, the Trebbiano grapes. They're the traditional grapes, you, you, the, you, but you grow those yourself. That's correct, isn't it? You grow the majority of those traditional grapes yourself. Yeah. So then they're in picked, our factory, absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're crushed, they're they're cooked, and then uh, I love I love the way uh, you played down the fact that you just wait for twelve or twenty five years because we <laughs> Angela uh, yes. and I know that is not the truth. Awful lot of work. You're 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 checking the barrels for infections. You're you're moving them from barrel to barrel. There, there's actually an awful lot of work in that twelve or. 25 years isn't there no it's not a worthful uh, it's fantastic <laughs> it 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 was a hobby at first and then became a job <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh, i understand that uh, we can uh, uh, we we can be a little bit silly to wait uh, 25 years to have uh, uh, the the chance uh, to to taste uh, um, a balsamic vinegar I, I understand uh, your point of view. No, it's a good thing. There is the there's the old Italian saying, uh, which I'm not going to attempt in Italian, which is, "He who starts the vinegar will not taste it, but his children and grandchildren will." Oh yes. So, so that's the traditional. So you you leave it for twelve or twenty five years, and then the difference with the PGI, just to clarify for everybody who's yes. listening, is that um, you can you can use. Um, Different grapes, not necessarily Lambrusco and Trebbiano, and um, but then there's also the addition of uh, of a, a red wine vinegar. Yes, well, in a PGI product, you can use seven kind of grapes, not more. 
they they are from our rules uh, so there are all the kind of lambrusco there is uh, fortana montuni trebbiano but only seven kind of uh, grapes uh, which are uh, uh, declared on the rules that we must uh, to follow and obviously right. you don't you, and the other thing is you don't need to keep they don't get aged for for 12 or 25 years they're in the, we have to refer to this as maturing they have to be matured um and i think it, it's a minimum of three months in a wooden barrel that's that's the minimum two. but that is not what you do which days. is what makes your vinegar special isn't it oh two months at least two months we've we start we've gone straight in and we've we've started talking about balsamic vinegar but would you i know you can answer the question because we've had this discussion before but could you explain to everyone just what vinegar is yeah i guess it's the, well, the simplest answer is that any uh that's actually quite a big question Bob. it sounds like quite a small question it's quite a big question vinegar is any sugar rich produce has its sugar turned into alcohol so the sugar is fermented into alcohol the alcohol then goes under another fermentation and becomes vinegar so really anything which is sugar rich obviously grapes are so they're great for making vinegar, hence in wine vinegars and balsamics, that uh, their sugar becomes alcohol, the alcohol becomes vinegar. So that's replicated with apples for cider vinegar or for tomatoes for tomato vinegar. You, you can have almost anything as your base produce as long as there's sugar there that can be turned into alcohol. Fantastic. Uh, so, I, I mean, it, it's. Uh, I think it was um, uh, Harold, Harold McGee who said that um, vinegar is alcohol's natural fate. That is whatever you, whatever you do, that, that's how it's going to end up. But no, but Bob, that's the problem though. I didn't know that Harold McGee had said that because that I think is at the root of people's dismissing almost of vinegar as being a quality ingredient they should really take time over because it's not wine which has just been left to you know go off as it were. Though that will you know naturally become vinegar possibly, hopefully. What we're talking about, you know, what Marina's just been talking about and all the people who make the love and the care that she does is wines which are really treated as something very special and which are not just left to their fate, but there's real artistry and craftswomanship, craftsmanship that goes into creating the end result vinegar. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, there, there's a there's a cultural thing here. Obviously, there's there's uh, the fact that uh, Marina uh, is Italian, and the Italians have this very long tradition of vinegar. I think, and I, I tend to blame the Second World War for a lot of things, but certainly food is is <laughs> it, the Second World War made a huge impact. So we we did have a. I mean, obviously, it did have some massive impacts, but um, we had a tradition of making our own vinegar, more like ale. I think, which is made from beer. This is a country which is really just about, has been about malt vinegar for the last 50, 60, 70, 80 years. So it, it, this is all quite new for us. The, the, the fact that we don't just have to have something which is very acidic. There's actually, there's more subtlety to it. There's more uh, sort of depth, breadth of flavor. I mean, where are we, do you think, in the UK at the moment in terms of realizing just what is available to us? I think that for people who are interested in cooking and interested in food, vinegar has over the last, I don't know, but what do you think, five years, eight years, really stormed through mm. as being something which cannot just bring acidity. I think there's an increasing awareness of how important acidity is in cooking. You know, I often say that if you taste a dish and you think, oh, not quite, 
the the immediate thing is to reach for the salts to be the thing that lifts it but actually so often it's the acidity is what you need to lift it so you know hence the squeeze of lemon and all those things but i think increasingly what's happened is people understanding that vinegar is a great way of bringing that acidity because you can add it at the end as a finishing touch you can put it in at the beginning and layer it up as you cook your dish and so i really feel there's been a greater understanding of that if people have wanted to know a little bit more about how things are made and so understanding more about balsamics and you know, what Marina's just been talking so gorgeously about, about how you know, the different versions of balsamic are made, but also thinking about, you know, wine vinegars. It used to be you'd have red wine vinegar, a white wine vinegar, and that's it. Now, you know, you can have gorgeous muscatel vinegar or merlot vinegar or, you know, whatever great style you might like to have on your dinner table, you can also have as your vinegar style to cook with. And that, that I think really shows that people are getting much more excited and aware of what vinegar can do. Yeah, and, and this is, I know we, we have discussed this before, and this is why I, I, I bring the, uh, the Second World War up again, because of this whole, because of uh, rationing and centralised food production, we lost an awful lot of, we, 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 the industries, were, we, they were reduced down, you know, the, the, the classic one being the fact that we, pre-Second World War, we produced more cheese than the French. Um, in, in terms of varieties of cheese. And we only actually uh, caught up and took over the French um, about, I think about seven or eight, maybe 10 years ago, we actually overtook and, and once again have more different varieties. So I think it's the same with with vinegar really, just, just that we've seen over the last 20 to 30 years, we've seen um, bread have a renaissance, we've seen cheese have a renaissance. And and this, I think, the last few years have been the age of vinegar. That that people are are actually rediscovering that it, it's it isn't just that stuff you put on your chips. Yeah, I think we've got a way to go though. In enough artisan, hate the word, but here it's true, producers actually making vinegar here in the UK. We're getting better at sourcing, and I'm going to tip my hat to Bella Zoo for that. But actual producers here making a really good product you know i think we have a long way to go with that people who are doing fruit vinegars you know that actually made from fruits not loads people making cider vinegars from you know, our wonderful breadth of british apples again i'd say not loads so we're good at sourcing in and yeah we've got a long way to go i think in producing that's interesting that, that is interesting it, it I, i'd never even sort of thought about that in terms of um in terms of actually what we are producing just i, I have to disclose what well, that, that i'm actually making my own vinegar for the first time i've been making some cider and i had about two liters spare so currently i have a little demijohn going on trying to make some some um uh, apple cider vinegar so i'll i'll let you know um how that goes and i may even try and get some yeah. sent to you if it's decent marina i, I mean in in, in yeah. italy is it is it just balsamic vinegar are there other types of vinegar that that you um that you use or is it is it just the one that dominates no no balsamic vinegar uh, at first was just in our area so uh, actually um traditional balsamic vinegar but balsamic vinegar uh, of modena in general was uh, principally it was uh, in um, mostly it was in our region uh, in emilia romagna so when we were uh, going uh, for instance in sicily or uh, 
even uh, nearer and nobody was uh, knowing what we was talking about <laughs> so since since few years ago i mean uh, 15 uh, 20 years I, I i remember where i i, I was uh, going to the seaside a uh, hundred kilometers from uh, modena they were using also only uh, wine vinegar only one vinegar and they didn't know actually uh, what was a balsamic vinegar at all it has uh, become uh, uh, popular in the recent period and uh, um, i think uh, maybe before abroad than uh, uh, nearby our area and now yes everybody knows about balsamic vinegar uh, everybody um, I think everybody appreciates it, but uh, you see, it's a kind of sauce because it's a sweet and sour uh, product. It is not only uh, acid, it is uh, also a little bit sweet. So uh, this is, I think, uh, this is why it is um, it has become interesting for uh, uh, many chefs uh, that want to try uh, to do something with uh, the balsamic vinegar because uh, you can use it in uh, many different ways. I just find that astonishing. I don't know whether Angela does that. I mean, I knew that um, Italy could be very parochial in in its kind of the way that they protect their recipes and their foodstuffs. But the idea that... um, we knew what balsamic was before somewhere else in Italy. It's just absolutely <laughs> astonishing. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it's incredible. I know. I remember Rina telling when I was over, and it did sort of, you know, we're guilty, I think, of thinking of balsamic as being, you know, say Italian rather than being regional. Um, and I think that is absolutely fascinating to think that you know, it, it wasn't something which was at that point, you know, further spread. And, and you're probably going to get into this, Bob, but it's so interesting to sort of think about how how did it go from being this, you know, very prized but very local ingredient yeah. product into being, you know, a worldwide phenomenon. It's crazy. It, yeah. it is. And, 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 we, and we'll go on to that now. And because um, I remember we were there just before we were with you, Marina, and with, and with Alessandro, your business partner. We were there in January 2020. So ridiculously close to getting trapped in in Italy. We must try harder next time to get trapped in Italy. Um, <laughs> but I remember... I, I remember um, Alessandro said that um, up until, I th- and do correct me if I'm wrong, but up until the 1980s, balsamic vinegar wasn't even in the vinegar aisle in your shops. It was in the digestive. It was classed as a drink. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. It's correct. Uh, at first, uh, um, at first was used for uh, disease. So when... Uh, uh, let's say when you had a cough uh, or uh, in winter time, you see, and uh, as digestive, yes, uh, uh, it was used for this. Uh, at the at the end of uh, the meal, you you had a little bit, uh, just a, a, a little spoon, uh, not not not. <laughs> Not not uh, a glass, <laughs> just a little bit spoon, <laughs> just to to help the digestion. Yes, it was, and then afterwards it became a condiment. And uh, as I told you, as a, 
uh, has become an ingredient sometimes in uh, many many um, dishes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a, a little a little does go a long way. And it's, it is worth mentioning that if you've ever wondered where the name balsamic comes from, it, it comes from balsam, which is a restorative. That That's the, they yeah. are the origins of the name. I mean, I don't know who to go to for the, I mean, Angela, you've brought the subject up. So, I mean, have you, can you shed any light on, on how it's become so popular? Well, only from what Alessandro told me. So Marina should probably answer. But like, as far as I can um, remember, from Alessandro chatting about it, it was that you know, some, a small, small, small quantity was exported to the US and the chefs and the, the US culinary scene just sort of latched onto it. And and I would imagine a certain amount of shock you know, back in modern era, suddenly this increased demand when production, you know, probably wasn't really set up for it. And, it, and I certainly remember feeling the sort of uh, the, the the waves that must have you know been felt by those producers as suddenly you know they're getting all this demand internationally for something which as we were just saying had been so local but is that right marina does that ring a bell about the us first yes you're right i mean uh, this is uh, i i think so is the uh, has become like like this what happened in america then you know latched on elsewhere and <laughs> and you know there was a period in that i don't know 80s, 90s, when it certainly felt, you know, in the UK, especially in London, that, you know, balsamic was being drizzled over pretty much everything you'd get in a restaurant and <laughs> possibly not always the right uh, finishing touch choice to have been made. You know, it just, just became the most incredibly fashionable thing. And I think it's a really good thing, actually, that things have paired back a bit from that. And Marina was saying, you know, chefs and home cooks are finding uh, really, really you know, interesting ways to use it without it appearing on absolutely everything and becoming a little bit ubiquitous but i think that happens with with most food i think and this is the this is both the strength and the problem with trends and trend setting is that yeah things become like trendy they become yeah it's like everything i think I, people get you know the thing about a trend is that people get bored of trends they want they, they want to move on mm. to the next trend and be that a, a good or a bad thing but I, I think it, it could well be argued it, it um, it's definitely kind of paved the way for people to being open to to something more than a bottle of sarsens, um, especially in, in this country. Not that there's anything wrong with sarsens. It's a nothing it's wrong a, with sarsens. They kept on malt vinegar industry not, going when there wasn't one. Well, absolutely, and it, and it is, and it's still a, it's a really good thing, and we still have it in our house along with our you know uh, Bella Zoo's own uh, aged malt vinegar, which coincidentally um, Marina also so makes what's the future do you think i mean what's the future for um for vinegar production i mean there, there must be and i'm i guess i'm aiming this more at marina at the moment but i definitely want to hear what angela has to say about this in terms of the environment and in terms of uh the the, the climatic uh, sort of challenges you must be having i mean the, the how is it how has it been um in modena uh, at the moment because I, I know you have like everywhere you have good and bad years are there yeah. things that you are doing to, to kind of future proof um the production of your vinegar well uh, at the moment uh, no we we don't uh, we are not uh, too worried about uh, changing uh, in terms of climate but uh, we know that uh, something is uh, is changing i mean uh, there are uh, some are always uh, more uh, hotter than uh, before 
and uh, this uh, could uh, could change a little bit the way will uh, uh, in which we will uh, produce in the future but not really now uh, at the moment is uh, everything is under control but of course uh, there are changes and uh, quite uh, quite important as uh, everywhere i agree okay that's that that's it's interesting so it's not really affecting affecting you too much at the moment apart from from the actual heat but it it, it chimes quite nicely with angela what you said about the fact that there's not many for us there's not many domestic vinegar producers and i think especially as um and we're not going to we really aren't going to go down the the brexit road but given it has happened um given it has happened and food and there's also food miles and there's there's all of that sounds like we need to pull our socks up in this country and actually start producing uh vinegars from some of our own products yeah i think that's right but i think also we we need to get better at choosing what we are buying particularly when it comes to something like you know, balsamic which we will certainly continue to import i have no doubt but you know, the thing we're sort of slightly skirted around so far what marina was talking about in making the pgi there are a lot of ifs in that all ifs that certainly um apply to you know, in the best possible way to the vinegar that she produces and that many do but it was you know, if we have good produce if we, you know, mature it in barrels for more than just the sixty days, there's a lot of ifs about the way. You know, if you know the the balance of the wine vinegar to the balsamic mustard is, you know, a, a good proportion rather than an overwhelming proportion. There's a lot of ifs, and there are. I was going to be just going to come out and say it, and hope I don't offend Marina or her friends, but cer- I'd be like certainly not Marina because the, the vinegar she makes is fantastic. There are too many balsamics <laughs> being exported which are not good enough and which damage the word balsamic. And I feel that unless that changes, it damages the luster of what is a premium product, whether it's traditional or you know the PGI. And, and I do worry for the balsamic producers that unless that's reined in a little bit and that the rules are tightened or applied differently, that balsamics, you know, if you can't trust what it is you're going to be buying is, is a quality product, then that's only going to be damaging. And so I think in terms of the future of balsamic, that some things need to change about what it is that we understand when we see it on the bottle. You know, Marina is fabulous at explaining about her balsamics. Bella Zoo is fabulous about explaining about the balsamics that you guys sell and how to tell one from another when you're at the supermarket shelf. My book goes into enormous detail about helping people choose whatever balsamic they want, whatever price point. But there needs to be more of that and it needs to be more at a general consumer level. Rant over. <laughs> that wasn't a rant. That was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... See, I, I know exactly what you. I, I know exactly what you mean. And and uh, if you're if you're if you're listening to this and you're wondering what we're talking about, um, I'll, I'm going to try and give a, a quick explanation. Um, in, in that, so so the way that Marina makes um, makes her PGI um, vinegar, there are rules. It's uh, so there are rules that are set, which are that. Um, the for for example uh, that the vinegar must spend two months minimum in a wooden barrel once that's done 
it can it can then be effectively sold. There are other rules as well. It's what I've kind of boiled down to what I consider to be the the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. The let yeah. Most, I mean, the word barrel. Mo- you know, some of these things are tanks, not barrels. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the huge. They're absolutely huge. Is, I mean, is I what you're saying. The, the, but it's an important point. I mean, it, it, you know, so you just to explain that. Um, so two months is the minimum. Marina, um, yeah. even our 1.17 uh, balsamic vinegar, how long does that spend maturing in wooden barrels? Well, how long? Uh, it depends uh, on uh, what we are uh, uh, producing. I mean, uh, uh, there are products uh, of uh, higher quality respect others. Uh, but uh, um, our minimum actually is uh, from 90 days uh, on uh, and uh, for product of uh, <clears throat> high quality, for us uh, there is uh, an aging of minimum eight months. We we are not able to to do a, a very high quality and uh, in in less time. So that is a. I mean, that's what you're talking about, Angela, isn't it? That is, it's the huge difference. It, it's the difference between doing the bare minimum, banging something out there, yeah. and making your money or actually taking taking the time, caring about what you're doing and producing a quality product. Yeah, and I think broadly speaking, and this is broadly speaking, you get what you pay for when it comes to these balsamics. I think I said to you, Marina, uh, I asked you when I was out there, did you feel that there's ever much potential for people to overprice their product to give uh, an illusion of quality um, that isn't there? And I remember you sort of looking very, surprised i was even asking the question that you know pretty much a price is a decent barometer of the quality and the time that has been put into what you're buying in the bottle so broadly speaking i'd say price is a good indicator but there are other things you can look for on the bottle to kind of you help you along when you're choosing or you choose from a producer or supplier who you really trust because otherwise it can be a bit of a balsamic wild west and, and we, you really, what you're talking about there is the, the the obvious one is the addition of caramel. Is that that's, that's what you're yeah. inferring? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So look at and, the ingredients. So the... <laughs> you know, if there's anything on, there should be two things on there. There should be the must and the and the wine vinegar, and you want them in that order. If the wine vinegar's first. Someone jump in when I'm getting this wrong. But if the wine vinegar's on there first, that means there's more of that, and so you, your balance in the bottle is being skewed in the wine vinegar direction if there's anything else on there certainly the caramel then you know the producer is just cutting so many corners to deliver a product which has the sweetness that marina alluded to a while ago you know balsamic isn't just acidic in the way that uh even a cider vinegar is you know it has that lovely sweetness to it It has a gorgeous depth of color almost depth of um texture as well and caramel is a very very easy very very cheap way of the producer achieving those things but is just moving so far away from the traditional which is which which is the heart that you know the pgi should should be springing from yeah i mean it it's we are very lucky uh, i especially am very lucky because it, i have had the benefit of god knows how many years of of trying our vinegars alongside we're trying marina's vinegars alongside lots of other vinegars that are out there and anybody who's listening if you obviously this could be classed as a sales pitch but go out spend the 15 pounds on a bottle of 1.34 vinegar Mm -hmm. 
and then try it side by side with with other vinegars, particularly your kind of one pound, two pound, three pound, uh, and sometimes above uh, that price vinegars, you'll see a huge difference. And it, it comes in the depth of flavor, it comes in longevity of flavor, it's complexity. There is an enormous difference. And it does, I have to say, you know, when I was running the masterclasses on, uh, during the lockdown, it was always remarkable watching people's faces because they, they, they to see them when you start with the comparative testing of a very cheap balsamic vinegar, which is very acidic, there's no sweetness. It, usually I chose one which had caramel added to it. And by the time you certainly, by the time you get to uh, the 1.25, 1.34, um, people couldn't quite believe it getting to the 12 and 25 year old <laughs> it was uh, it was always a revelation uh, watching their faces to, to protect balsamic i think we need to get smarter in what we buy and what we use i think well i think they are getting more interested and, and i think that for me uh, on this in this same vein i think the the biggest success has been uh, craft beer um and again i like you i don't like artisanal and i don't like craft beer but just uh, as, a, as a nice shorthand that that's what we're talking about and craft beer yeah. everyone said oh it'll be five years it'll have six years it'll have 10 years and that's it it i mean this is we're nearly 20 years ago since the sort of renaissance of of beer making and it, what it showed and, and the way the similarities are is that the, the, the larger brewers who just kept buying up smaller and smaller breweries and not really just churning this stuff out, they, they got bitten on the backside because suddenly mm. people realized there's this thing called taste and flavor, that, that, uh, the yeah. uh, breadth and range of flavor. And now look where we are. It's extraordinary. And, you know, the, the, the growth of you know, red wine vinegars that are from a particular you know grape or wine style you know you can get a lot of those now in you know, the on you know, general supermarket shelves and so exactly as you say bob you know there is a there is a consumer move into those things which i think the the really large commercial producers are having to take notice of i remember when we were over in italy marina uh, alessandro yeah. and i were having a conversation and we were, we were we were talking about the popularity of vinegar and uh, and he was he basically said that the the traditional you know the the original definitely as far as i'm concerned and i think angela would agree the best um vinegar um the sales are they're not doing so well are they that not just with you but with the whole traditional sector the, the traditional vinegar uh, balsamic is is actually the sales are declining is that correct uh, maybe a little bit declining, yes. Uh, hasn't been uh, never, I think, uh, uh, a very big market. It has always been a, a niche market because uh, actually it is really very expensive. So uh, even if it is uh, really very good and if you have the chance to make people to taste it, I see that uh, uh, afterwards when uh, uh, they, they see how it costs, uh, uh, sometimes uh, they, they, they don't buy it. <laughs> I mean, it's too expensive for many people. Here, here's a question, Marina, and, and it's, it's probably uh, the last one I'll put uh, directly to you. But would, can, you, can you imagine ever not making traditional balsamic? Is it, or even if... Even if nobody bought any, would you? Do you think you would still make it just for the pleasure and just for yourself? 
Oh, well, uh, I will, uh, I will uh, carry on uh, producing traditional balsamic vinegar. I, I, I'm not saying that uh, we are not uh, selling it. I mean, uh, uh, I have, uh, uh, I think, uh, a, a quite a lot of people that uh, are happy to buy it. <laughs> so I will uh, continue to, to producing. Uh, I, I do it also for myself. Uh, I, it starts uh, as an hobby and uh, I, I love my job, so <laughs> I will uh, carry on doing it. I, I think that's what I was getting at, really, is, is just uh, it, obviously it's always going to, somebody's always going to want to buy it. But I, I, you've already answered that question, that if, even if nobody did, uh, you would continue to make it because it, it's... For sure. I mean, this is a tradition, that, as you said, that stretches stretches back a thousand years sure have either of you got any questions for each other you'd like to ask it this this is a it, it, it pretty much was an open forum but marina anything you'd like to ask angela or vice versa before we uh, before we wrap it up no actually i was just uh, i i just wanted to tell angela that uh, she did a fantastic uh, job with uh, his book uh, her books because uh, the vinegar cupboard is fantastic it's really very clear is uh, is um, fascinated has has uh, uh, how Angela has uh, um, uh, received all uh, the information that we gave to her, and uh, uh, I think that uh, she has uh, written a very very nice uh, book. Thank you, Angela. Oh, Marina, that really. That means an awful lot coming from you because, my goodness, you you know your vinegar and you, you got balsamic running through your veins, um, and you were in, you know, you were an enormous help um, when I came out. And you really, you know, I think what it's hard to kind of come across on a podcast like this, but I think um, Marina's done a really good job is conveying the spirit. You know, you see these bottles and you see these bottles with you know given a sort of you know, historical look on them and, you know, whatever, to kind of give them this sort of, you know, feeling of a place. But it's when you have a producer like Marina, who really just, you know, loves what she does. And that really, really comes across. And it was a huge education for me when I went out. I confirm. Really I confirm. <laughs> Yes, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 <laughs> Marina, I hope this isn't too rude a question, but how, how many years have you been making tra traditional balsamic? Uh, personally, uh, I started uh, um, in 1996 uh, 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 because okay, we, so had, good long uh, while. Yeah, we, we had a very small uh, uh, acetaya from uh, our family. And uh, um, in 1996, uh, I, I started to, uh, to make more interest about balsamic vinegar. And uh, yeah. as I as I told you, I it it was a place uh, at the beginning just an opening, as uh, for most uh, of uh, of the people for more than us. But um, I wanted to well, ask you about that, Marina. Actually. You were mentioned um, that obviously you you have the you know, the family the family barrels as it were, and there's yeah. lots of people in your region would. Do you feel that's still true, or do, is it still something which families would have their own barrels of traditional at home? Oh yes, yes they do. Oh really? Wow. But, yeah, yes, I they that. do. I, I know that because at first uh, uh, I was uh, selling, also selling uh, barrels uh, while uh, we were enlarging our acetaya. I was always uh, uh, also uh, selling barrels uh, to private uh, 
And there were really right. many, many private uh, from Modena uh, uh, that were coming and uh, they wanted to uh, start their own acetaia, even in, in this period. Yeah. So mm. I think that... that um, I love that. It, it is still a tradition. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know now uh, houses are not so uh, so so big and uh, you must have a place where to put it. So <laughs> not always is yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah, but, but I love that people want to. You know, we're losing so yes. much of individual regional heritages in the UK yes. and all over the place. <clears throat> and so for for your region to still have people wanting and bothering, and as we've said several yes. times, putting in the times to do this at home, I think it's extraordinary. Yes, because uh, I think that people also um, are really, really very happy to uh, to make a gift to everyone uh, that comes from our tradition and from our house. So uh, mm. even uh, even if usually when we uh, do the balsam the traditional balsamic vinegar as a present uh, it is a very small quantity because you know angela that it is not possible to take out uh, a lot of uh, product from uh, one battery mm. but people when uh, when uh, give it as a, a gift uh, I, i'm uh, i'm um, sure that uh, they are uh, giving a very big uh, present because it is with the heart Absolutely. I mean, it, it is making something yourself um, and, and it has been yes. through the ages with balsamic vinegar. It's always been um, something that you give to the doctor, you give to the local dignitary. It's, it is one, I, I echo what um, Angela said, it's wonderful to hear that it's still carrying on. But I think people do. I think people, they love just make, they love making things for a start. But reviving traditions or continuing traditions, I think it's very, very important to, to people, particularly in this country. Like there's been the explosion yes. of slow gin over here as well, which you know mm -hmm. that that it's yes, it's really simple to make, but um, but it, it's something we'd got out out of the habit of doing. What what do you think? What what's the future for vinegar uh, in the UK specifically? What do you think the future is? Do you think this? Do you think this trend will continue? Do you think it will? Um, fizzle out, or do you do you think that um, that that people that people have got their teeth into it? Excuse the 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 the, the imagery, but they've got their teeth into it, and um, and 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 that's it. You know, there's no going back to just having your cheap kind of acetate produced vinegars. I think there's definitely no going back. I think that you know we we are three declared vinegar nerds, but a lot of people have got a lot of catching up to do, and I think we are still in early days of people really wanting to discover or have the opportunity to discover things like your you know vermouth vinegar. God, I mean vermouth vinegar is amazing. How many people know or use that muscatel vinegar? How many people know or use? And I, so I think that to us it may feel like there's a trend which you know, may be sort of passing through. But I think in terms of most people who want to cook well, their growth of understanding and their use of vinegar, it's really, I feel, only just beginning. And that, I think, is important for all of us to recognise and remember and to continue to excite people about it rather than think, oh, well, you know, lots of people need to do, they already know that, so let's on to the next thing. I don't think home cooks do enough yet. And so I think there's a whole journey still to be had of people wanting to know more and i think it's like olive oil i think there is there is no going back i think it will become something which people 
they might not have a whole vinegar cupboard, but I think people will get used to having two or three, which they use in different ways and they understand how to use. And they will, when those bottles run out, they will go and get more because that just becomes how their kitchen rolls. I, I think it's a language. I think it, you, it, you, 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 if you don't, if you don't understand initially what's going on, what the fuss is, you kind of feel left out. But once you've been invited in, and once you you start to taste yeah. the difference, and you and you begin to understand, yeah. I don't think there's any going back either. I, I think um, as long as you know, as long as you can afford it. I mean, they're, they're not always the cheapest vinegars, but there, as we've discussed, there's a good reason for that. House and chips, and rather than put on malt vinegar, to put on some vermouth vinegar, and that then then they're done. Yeah, absolutely. Or even you could you could even do the uh, the aged uh, uh, malt vinegar as well that Marina <laughs> yeah. makes, which is a yeah. which is yeah, a, yeah. it's just it's it is fantastic. Um, look, I I get the feeling technology um, technology aside, I think we could probably. Um, talk for quite a long time but we're, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap it up so um i, I just want to say so thank you very much to angela clutton thank you and to, and to marina spaggiari uh, as well i, I just want to say thank you so thank you to you both very very much um thank and, you, uh, you hopefully <laughs> you're very welcome uh, marina i hope to see you uh, in modena it's sometime in the next couple of years and angela we hope to see you here at bella zoo as soon as you like. Whenever yeah, you absolutely. like. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and Marina, so, so, yeah. so lovely to spend time with you again like this. And, and I'll, I'll be back over sometime. For, for me too, Angela. <laughs> Thank you very much. Really fun. Thank you. Grazie mille. Okay. Ciao. Grazie. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate you taking the time to let us know what you think. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and LinkedIn, or go to bellazoo.com. Thank you very much for listening and hope you can join us next time. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.